welcome to Everyday Strong Podcast with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your C.B. Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a really good topic today, which is why do bad things happen to good people? So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Good afternoon. It's always a pleasure to be with you and to all the listening audience. Uh, uh, Thank you for tuning in. And hopefully something will be said today that will give you uh, a little boost as you Go out your your work day and also your work week. Yes. And this one here, this topic is very important to a lot of people because we we usually say this right when, unfortunately, when you see uh, somebody dies and we say they're gone too soon or is a a car accident or you lose your job and you're like, I've been doing so well. I've been doing so good to people or better yet, Pastor, the one I like, I've been going to church. Mm-hmm. I'm paying my tithes. I'm doing everything right. I gave my life to the Lord and and, and look what's happening to me. Right. You know, and I think uh, that there are two aspects to it. And um, uh, first of all, I think the thing that we have to ask ourselves is, is if something bad happens to us, does that mean that it was bad for us? And I think that's a clear distinction. So and I, I want to just start out by recognizing that point is that oftentimes we feel that just because it's bad to us, it is bad for us. And that's not the case. And let me give you a prime example. Um, the body um, responds to an issue within itself by allowing the person to feel pain. Now, for most of us, we consider pain to be bad but pain is not bad because pain is what the body uses to inform us that there is a problem. So even though we see the pain as bad, it's actually good. Uh, again, consider this, for example, let's say that I have a stomach ache. Right? Right. So I'm experiencing pain. Now, what I don't know is why I have a stomach ache. I don't right. know if I have a stomach ache because I have food poison, if I have appendicitis, if I have a gallbladder issue. Uh, if I have a tumor, if I have an ulcer, all right. I know is I have pain. Now, the pain I'm, I'm thinking of is bad because I'm saying, wow, why do I have all this pain in my stomach? But if I didn't have the pain, I wouldn't know I had the problem. And right. as a consequence, the cancer may kill me or what have you. So in that regard, the pain is not a bad thing. The pain is a good thing. I just interpreted it as being a bad thing. And the same thing I, th- I think it is with real life. Oftentimes we are saying because it was bad to us, it was bad for us. And that's not the, the, the real the real case. So um, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, really, uh, we say that and that's, you know, that it's bad. But the question is, just because we viewed as being bad to them, was it really bad for them? Uh, let's give the example that you use. Let's say a child dies at birth, for example. Our concept is the child didn't have a chance to sin. Right. Uh, and we say that's bad. I say it's good because they didn't have a chance to sin. So we know they're going to heaven. Right. So we might view it as a bad thing. But I can tell you, if I'm the one in heaven, I'm viewing it as a good thing. Right. That's good. That's a very good point. Now, but it is really hard for the parents at that moment to see the, the any type of silver lining when they hear the, those bad news, you know, that their child, that they lost their child. Oh, oh no doubt. And and whether it's a child or whether it's a spouse or, or what have you, it, the, the Bible says something like this, and, and I'm going to paraphrase. And it says, uh, does man not consider that when God takes someone out of this world, 
uh, that he's not taking them away from the bad things to come. Mm. And, and so we don't know what the future lies. So our assumption is that, hey, you know what, this is a bad thing that happened. But you don't know what was in store for the child or in store for the parent or in store for your loved one or in store for your spouse. And so you don't know what God was saving them from. We just presume that he was taking them away from a good life right. when that doesn't mean that that's really what it was. And the other thing is this, is that, again, that's why I want to stress just because it's bad to you doesn't mean it's bad for you. And my point is, it's based on my perspective of was it really bad? Let's say, for example, that I am a wonderful, wonderful husband, you know, that I'm a great husband. I, I always um, do wonderful things for my wife. I put her first and everything uh, you know, and all those kind of things. And then I find out that my wife has been sleeping with my best friend. Mm -hmm. And not only has she been sleeping with him, but she has decided that she's going to leave me for him. Now, a lot of people will say, wow, wasn't that bad? I mean, that was a horrible thing that happened to, to Brother Daniels because he was a good man. And look, at he's, he's torn up. Why would something that bad happen to someone who was so good? Right. Well, what makes people think it was bad? Perhaps it's the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. Is that we did break up because who knows what would have happened down the road if I right. stayed with the person. Right. And so I may have experienced the pain of us breaking up or the pain of her cheating on me with my best friend. But perhaps if it wasn't my best friend, I wouldn't have found out. Yeah. And so if I wouldn't have found out. I, you yeah. know, we, we wouldn't be able to dissolve the relationship. Right. Not that I want the relationship to dissolve, but it might be that that was the best thing for us for it to dissolve. Right. So what appeared to be bad to me might have been the best thing for me. Right. And then, and then also what God set up for you down the road for that wonderful woman that's walking down the street or in the supermarket that you that you are supposed to run into to get a relationship going and to, to be married to her. Absolutely. But what if you meet her, but you're no, you're, you're still married because you don't know about the situation that's going on at home and you're miserable, but you, you don't have that one thing that, that pushed it in the direction for you to go ahead and stop this relationship. Well, you know, and I, I'll, you know, and I, I don't want people to think that I'm advocating divorce now. I want people to understand that I'm not advocating that I should leave my wife. I'm just saying, you know, it's just because it's bad to me don't mean it was bad for me because you don't right. know what was what happened down the road a piece. But I also look at another again, another example of what I'm talking about. Um, if you consider um, uh, like when the children of Israel, um, when they left Egypt land to head to what they considered the promised land. Mm -hmm. Now, the journey there, they, they face what they consider to be a lot of obstacles. So in their minds, that all these obstacles, uh, when they face famine, when they face lack of water, when they face enemies along the way, their mind was all these things are bad to us. Well, they didn't realize that they were good for them. For example, they left Egypt as a group of slaves on the journey in the wilderness. They grew and became a mature nation mm -hmm. because prior to that, they didn't know how to be an army. Right. They never fought because they uh, were slaves. Right. Then they grew. So now here they are, an army, and now they're able to defend themselves. Now they understand the lay of the land. They've learned the topography. So they matured along the journey. So everything they viewed as bad to them ended up being an experience that made them better. And that experience made them better as a nation. Uh, I'll give you another example. 
Uh, if we look at slavery for, you know, as most of our listening audience knows, I'm African-American, uh, black, whichever you want to call it. If you look at our history, for example, n- slavery was bad to us. No doubt. Slavery was bad to us. It was a horrific time in our uh, history. But as a, an American black, I have been to Africa and I have to tell you that while slavery was bad to us, Slavery was good for me, you know, because the lifestyle of American blacks high is much better. It it certainly excels the lifestyle of our ancestors who are still in Africa as far as our health, as far as our well-being, you know, as far as our future, all those kind of prospects. uh, They're better because of that bad experience. And so uh, no doubt it was bad to us, but that doesn't mean it wasn't good for us. Uh, and especially if I look at those of us who are Christians, for example, um, mm-hmm. our ancestors were not Christians. They did not worship the God that we worship. And so if I view um, my in as being most beneficial, if I get to heaven, then whatever happens to me that causes me to become a Christian has to be good for me even though something bad may have caused me to become a Christian. Right. The, the mere fact that I am one now is good. And so that which was bad to me ended up being good for me. Do you think it's because most people um, like to focus more on the negative of what's happening to them versus the positive? It, absolutely. I, I, we, we definitely focus on the negative. And we, it's something you said right there that just kind of hit me. You probably didn't realize it when you said it, but it really hit me as being a a truth that most of us don't digest. And that is you use the word me. (laughs) And that for most of us, we view the world from a me perspective. It's all centered around us. And, And so we look at it from the standpoint that anything that is not to my liking must be bad. And the bottom line is, is that inevitably, if something is happening, what I consider good to me, that means somebody suffered. Right. You know, it just goes without saying someone suffered for me to get what I'm getting. So to that person, it was bad, even though to me it was good. Uh, I'll give you a uh, guess again, you know, what you say just kind of like it hit me as if the Lord had just came down and slapped me in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> I'll use me as another example. I was born at a time when um, they didn't do, epi- I think they call it epidurals, when mm-hmm. you have, for to block the pain for right. childbirth. Uh, they didn't have that when I was, when I was born. You know, I'm born in 1958. Right. Okay. Now, I would I would venture to say that childbirth is not a, a a pleasing experience. I would think it's very painful. So I'm sure the average mother giving birth to a child would say, "Hey, it's bad to me." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know? I've, I've witnessed two of them. Right. It wasn't pleasant. <laughs> right. So so it's bad to the mother. But look at the look at what is good for. Right? right. Even though the mother says it's bad to me. When she sees the child, she says it's good for me. Right. Because the the love that she gets from that child and the love she gives to that child far outweighs the pain of having the child. So what she initially may say is bad to me ends up being good for me. 
And, 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 and for me individually, it was good for me because right. it was through her, the childbirth that my mother went through that allowed me to be here today. Right. And so, uh, again, uh, you know, it's, while I know that there are some people in the listening audience that would probably say, well, I've experienced some really, really tough things some really bad things in my life. And I can't see how those things were good for me. Uh, but I can tell you when I uh, survey uh, people that come to me for counseling, when I survey my own life, when I survey all those around me, I, I must say that most of the things, I shouldn't even say most, everything in my life that I initially viewed as being bad to me ended up being good for me. So uh, let me bring it in, uh, bring it in just for a second to say this, is that the way we view it ought to change. And so even though we say, why do bad things happen to good people? The answer is bad things happen to good people because the bad things allow for a good. Mm -hmm. So even though something is bad to me, it is always going to be good for me because it's like pain in my body. Right. I have the pain to alert me that there is a problem. And so bad things happen to alert me that I need to change or something needs to be changed. Something needs to go a different way. And sometimes it's catastrophic because sometimes we need a catastrophic event to make us change for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, you hear a lot of um, motivational speakers talk about that moment where something bad, severely bad happened to them in their life that may help them change Mm-hmm. And, and and then instantly they flipped and they was able to do the things that they always wanted to do because they had a different mindset on things. Whereas a, a near life experience, near death experience, I mean, you know. But one thing I always kept saying is like, you know what? I need to be able to get to that feeling without having the near death experience. Like, when, when can I get the um the wake up? And and me and you was talking about my baptism. I mm-hmm. said, well, you know, Pastor, I know when you baptized me, I was more worried about was I going to fit in the tub <laughs> and who was going to catch me than I was about the experience of right. what was going to happen when I went down and came back up. Mm-hmm. Well, other people have that experience and they just feel so refreshed, like everything is just opens up to them. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I said, I didn't feel that way because I was more focused on other things. So my question is, do we miss out on what God is trying to provide for us being so focused on other things that we're trying to get our, for ourselves. Well, and, and if we absolutely, if you look at it from a standpoint of, let's just say that we accept the premise that I just laid out, that, right. that, that the, what's bad to you is not necessarily bad for you. And in fact, can be good for you if you, take it as a learning experience. So let's take that as the first premise. Here's what the Bible says, that a fool requires many stripes. The wise man will yield to instruction. Right. So what that's basically saying is this, you know, and, and that is, yes, if I am slow to learn, <laughs> then the severity of the bad has to be such that it will force me to, uh, to rethink how I view things. If I am wise, God doesn't require a severity of, of, of things for me to change my mind because, you know, I will heed to just the instruction to turn around. So that that really is a determining factor as to how severe the bad will be. So if I'm a person that loves the Lord, 
but I am easy to go by his word. I'm easy to, to be persuaded through my scriptural readings and through my prayer life. Then I don't need something catastrophic right. to, to really impact me because I'm trying to move in that direction anyway. But if I am um, stuck in, in the mud or we always we say something if I'm stuck on stupid, if I right. refuse right. to move, then I need something strong to get me to move. And that's why oftentimes it, there is a, uh, a severe event in my life to cause me to move in a certain direction. Uh, and, and I may call it bad, uh, but as the scriptures say, what man meant for bad, God will mean for good. Yeah. So for everybody that's listening, um, let's say, for instance, you don't really do too much. Uh, risky, quote unquote, type things or have anything that may bad happen to you, but you know, you're looking for a change. Is there any way that we make like um, like in science, you know, mm-hmm. you do expert experimentation, you create an environment mm-hmm. to cause a reaction. Is there anything that we can do to our, like like um, I have to say hack the system for ourselves that we can create something small for us to happen to be able to have that, you know, that that catapult of motivation to get us to move out of from point A right. to point B. And we know we're stuck in point A, but we just don't have nothing happen to us negatively to get us to move out of point A to right. point B. What I would say to this is that if if I purpose to do that, then that means that I am presupposing that I know what God knows about me and what's best for my future. And, right. and I would say that's putting myself in a position that I really should never want to be in. You know, uh, so here's the thing. Um, let's take you, you being a parent, for example. Right. That would be like your child trying to figure out ahead of time what they need to do to be you. Right. And that's extremely hard for that child to do. Um, and, and, and because they won't know because they don't have the expertise, the intelligence, nor the foresight to know what they need to do to mold themselves to be what you want them to be. Because if they had that maturity, they wouldn't be trying to mold themselves. They would already be there. Right. right? right. So, so I guess what I'm saying is this, you know, I, I look at my own life, for example, and some of the things that, you know, I, I, felt that were bad happening to me. And, and I give you a, a good example. You know, as you know, I, work, I used to work for the federal government and I spent uh, over 26 years there. And I was a senior manager in the federal government uh, before I, I left um, and, and left at a relatively early age. As senior managers go, I was only uh, 47 when I retired. And and I was, uh, uh, um, like I say, uh, uh, one of the senior managers there. Now, um I was detailed to work out of Washington, D.C. at the time. And, of course, I'm pastoring a church in Virginia Beach. And um, I thought that was uh, a horrible thing for my manager to do to me. And they did it for, at the time, um, I realized were for reasons that were not holy at all. You know, uh, it was because there were people that had lied and, and were trying to sabotage my career. Right. So anyway, so I get detailed to Washington, D.C. Now, my mindset is that's the most horrible thing that could happen to me, the most horrible thing. And then a, a gentleman friend of mine asked me a simple question. He said, um, what do you really want out of life? Do you want 
what money can buy or do you want the money to buy it? And I said, I wouldn't need the money if I could get what the money could buy. He said, then think about, is your leaving the federal government really a bad thing? And I thought about it and I said, you know what? From the time I was 25 years old, I had always said I wanted to retire at 40 years old. That's what I'd always said. Right. I said, now here I am, 47, fighting these people. <laughs> right. When they have given me a way to retire. Right. What I really wouldn't have normally, but they're giving me a way to retire. And so I went ahead against, you know, um, uh, some people who thought that I was crazy for doing it because I had worked out an agreement with them that I could telecommute so I could stay in uh, in Norfolk and manage people in D.C. Right. And I worked an agreement out with them. But I just said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and retire anyway. Now, a lot of people said to me, I'm crazy. They view what I went through as a bad thing. And I indeed viewed it as a bad thing, too. As it turned out, retiring from the federal government was the best thing I could have ever done. Because at that time, the church averaged about 125 people per Sunday. Right. And now we average about 1,100 people per Sunday. And so it allowed me to be able to focus more on being the pastor uh, of the church. Right. Which turned out to be a, a great thing. So again, and, and my first thought was, why would the Lord allow my enemies to prevail? That was going through my head. I was bitter and upset. Why would the Lord allow my enemies to prevail over me? And then it dawned on me, fool, you're getting what you prayed for. Right. And you're mad. <laughs> right. Because you don't like the way you got it. Right. But uh, and that's what most of us do. We don't like the way we get stuff. So we get upset. Right. But if it had been an easy road, I wouldn't have left the federal government. I would right. have retired because I had finally reached the position I wanted. Right. And that's so right. I would have been like, hey, I'm going to stay here because I got it. It's an easy job. I'm making the money I want to make. I'm managing the kind of people I want to manage. You know, I wouldn't have left if it was easy. Yeah. They did that. Um I'm, that reminds me of a situation I had when I was younger. I used to always wanted a husky. Mm-hmm. So when I got older, I said, "I said, you know what? I'm gonna say a prayer, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna get a husky." The next thing I know, going to the the pet store, there's a husky in there. Mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, all right, there's a husky in here." Paid a little money, took the dog home. It was a female dog. One of the male dog never had a female dog before. Mm-hmm. And that dog calls me pure hell. <laughs> but I prayed for the husky. Mm-hmm. I didn't pray for what type of husky uh-huh. did I wanted to have. <laughs> I didn't finish the prayer. And I always, every time somebody says the words, be careful what you pray for. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Because if you don't finish it off. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you what you asked for. Right. You know, but you need to. Be, so now when I say a prayer for something, it's detailed. <laughs> so I make sure yeah. I get the most I can get out of it. You know, because if you walk up to somebody and you say, or somebody says to you, um, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me everything you want right now. Most people leave out a whole lot of stuff that they actually want or what they really need. Absolutely. And even if they do tell you what they want, the the problem is that we don't know how to get it. See, if we knew how to get it, we would have it already. Right. But, but we don't know. And again, you know, I, I, I 
so what we complain about is not oftentimes what we get, but the method that God uses to give us what he's giving us. Right. And, and, and you, you said before, well, we don't appreciate it. Right. Because we are so busy wrapped up in the method. There you go. That we forget that, Hey, he's on the road to giving you what you asked for. And so we don't even enjoy what we get because we are so angry about the method that God used to give it to us. And, 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 and the real deal is that he's, he's doing it in a way um, that helps us understand some things when we do get it. We just don't appreciate that. Again, with the Israelites, if they had just went smooth sailing to the promised land, it would have been easy for another uh, yep. entity to come and take it away from them yeah. because they would not have developed the, 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 uh, the, the skills that they needed to take care of themselves and to defend themselves. So they had to go through what they went through on the way to that land so they would be able to maintain that land when they got there. They didn't like it, but they were better equipped when they got there. Right. And I say the same thing about, you know, myself. I didn't like the way I left the federal government. In in fact, I was bitter uh, for a while until the Lord revealed to me, hey, I gave you what you asked for. You just didn't like the way I gave it to you. But that was the only way you would have taken it. And that's very true. I would have never left. I would have never retired when I wanted to retire. Right. Because in my mind, I had the best job that I could possibly have. And so I would have stayed right there with the federal government and would have probably still been there today. Uh, if it, you know, and, and, and may not have even been the pastor of the church anymore. Right. Um, cause I could have been relocated somewhere else. You know, a lot of things could have happened. So I guess all one of my point is that, is that, you know, those things that we view as bad are not necessarily bad. They're our heavenly father's way of moving us to where he know we need to go. So again, just because it's bad to us, don't mean it's bad for us. Um, you could be driving down the highway and have a flat tire and be mad and think it was bad to you. And then you read in the paper that there was a five car pileup down the road and three people died. Right. And then you realize, whoa, you know, that flat tire prevented me from being in the five car pileup. Right. You know, so flat tire might be bad, but death may be worse. Right. You know, or um, someone may die in your life. And your thought process is, well, why would you take them away so soon? But taking them away may cause someone else to turn their life to Christ mm-hmm. because of that, you know, uh, the, the even in their life. Yeah. Well, if the person they took away, God took away, was already saved, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they're in a better place. Right. Then the person that mourned and left behind, they got saved. So now they're in a better place spiritually. And so what seemed like a bad thing really was a good thing. We just didn't like the way God did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, one thing for myself that um, life and death, when my, my kids were born, it put me in a different mindset of how life should be done. Mm-hmm. Like what I did in my life, as well as death in my family. You know, like when my mother died, it made me think a little bit differently about life. Now that you got kids, you're like, wait a minute, you know, because sometimes you don't re- you think about death, but it's not like a it's like a passing type feeling. Mm-hmm. But when you start really thinking about it, so like, OK, one day this is going to end. Oh, yeah. So I need to start doing things that 
that I like to do for one, making sure I'm able to do things I like to do, make sure my kids, my family and everything is is set up and I enjoy the moment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, but sometimes we miss what God is trying to give us because we're too focused on the little things, you know, um, if somebody pulled up uh, to you, pastor, to give you a, you know, they say, look, I got a two year old, you know, uh, seven series BMW outside, but it's got a small dent in the fender, mm-hmm. but it's free. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need it no more. Here you go. His free is paid off. Here the keys. Are you going to say I don't want it because it's got a, a dent in the fender? Oh, absolutely not. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say I don't want it if they said it costs five thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't say I don't want it if the if it was a result of me. Uh, let's say they ran into my car, right? You, you know, or to my, you know, to an old vehicle I had. Because again, you know, what you said earlier, I'm going to just want to echo it again, is that we focus too much on the pain and not the pleasure. Yeah. And and even though it may be painful going through the end result, the pleasure is what we need to be looking at. You don't look at the journey totally. You you, you have to deal with the journey. Right. But you also want to look at the destination. And so if the journey is painful, but the destination is pleasurable, then I also need to be thankful for the destination that God got me there and not just be all upset about how he got me there. So if I had to be, you know, riding down the street and I know I need a new car, let's say, and all of a sudden someone comes by and they hit my bicycle and I get knocked down and I get scratched up, you know, and, 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 you know, some abrasions and I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I got hit by this car. This person, you know, they ran the red light, you know, all this stuff. And, and I was in the right and I'm upset and I'm mad. Then the person say, well, listen, um, um, rather than you taking me to court, um, I'll just pay your medical bills. And here's this, you know, this BMW with this dent on the side. Right. Um, I, I didn't like the pain of getting hit, but I'm going to enjoy the pleasure of that car. And you better believe when I get to church, I'm going to testify and I'm going to shout <laughs> and I'm going to let people know, hey, I'm not going to focus on the pain. You know, I'm going to focus on the pleasure that I got a car and my medical bills got paid. And I'm not dead. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming uh, to the end now. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on underneath the Facebook post. I got I got word that basically on SoundCloud, you cannot leave a comment on the app. Mm-hmm. So you will have to go online on your desktop in order to leave a comment on the um, SoundCloud. Um, but if you can go to Facebook, you can leave a comment or a question underneath there, then, then we could take care of that right there on Facebook. Thank you so much, Pastor. You got anything else you'd like to share with everybody? i uh, just like to thank everyone for listening. And again, uh, tell a friend, tell five friends, send your comments. And if you are listening to us, uh, just give us a comment. Let us know you're listening. Even if it's just to say, I'm listening to you, let us know. And so we can uh, continue the broadcast. And thanks everyone for always being there. All right. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.